0: Hi, we are doing a quick segment about Dark Mouse, The Climb, and Other Tales, a project currently on Kickstarter that is going to end on May 5th. It is a wonderful story created by Nathaniel Osoyo, and he's poured a lot of love into this book. It is Dark Mouse, The Climb, and Other Tales on Kickstarter. It's also under Projects We Love on Kickstarter, so usually on the front of the Kickstarter page. Congratulations to Nathaniel!
1: Welcome to Yes, The Stripper Podcast, a podcast for all sex workers. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the clubs and all the amazing things us sex workers do. I'm so inspired and in awe with each and every one of you, and I'm always excited for what's going to be shared next. I'm your stripper queen from the North, Onyx, and this is Yes, a stripper podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Yes, a stripper podcast. I'm your stripper queen from the North and of the North, Onyx. Today's guest comes all the way from Montreal. They are... A poll instructor, stripper, music video vixen, sex worker advocate, and a representative for all kinds of brands. Everyone meet my kindred spirit friend,
0: Saskia Klender. Introduce yourself, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. What a cool intro. You make me sound so cool.
1: <laughs> I love making badass intros for my girls. I love it. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into everything that is you why don't you tell us your pronouns
0: uh she and her perfect perfect
1: yeah Yeah, I'm so glad to have you on here too um for those of you who don't know we met before the Snoop Dogg or Snoop Dogg was how we met
0: that was the first time we met yeah
1: okay because I wasn't sure if it was like a poll
0: competition oh did we meet the poll no yeah because you hired me for Snoop Dogg Before we met, and then we met, and then we performed again for
1: Snoop Dogg. So much fun! Oh my god! Since we're talking about Snoop Dogg, like, wow, what an experience that was! How many concerts did you end up doing with him? I did
0: three. I did um, London, Ontario, Ottawa, and Montreal.
1: Yeah, if I was living in Ontario, I would have booked myself with you guys.
0: after I thought about it, I was like, why didn't I ask to do all of them? I could have just gone to every city.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. You're freaking amazing. Like, did you send me a video? And I was like,
0: (laughs) I remember I just got added to like a group chat on Instagram. I think like Susie added me to this group chat and you were looking for people for the concerts and I was like, "Oh my God, who is this? What is this?" I like couldn't believe I ended up in this group chat. And then, yeah, I like sent <laughs> you a few videos and you picked me, dude. I was like, I remember being at work at this like shitty bar I worked at and literally like running through the bar, just like, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> <Like, so, laughs> That's exciting and for good reason too because I feel like that gig totally like sped up everything for me and my oh. career. So I'm very grateful, forever grateful for that. Oh my God. That's <laughs> amazing to
1: hear. I absolutely love that. Um, so Saskia, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what makes you, you,
0: like a little brief description. Ooh. Um. Well, I, I, My name is Saskia. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Uh, I've been pole dancing for eight years, but before I started pole, I went to theater school. So I feel like that kind of does um, affect how I perform and stuff like that because I do have training in theater and I've always loved being on stage. Like even when I was a kid, I've done a bunch of different kinds of dance and a little bit of gymnastics before starting pole. So I did have a bit of a background. So I feel like for me it all just kind of aligned really well. I love performing. I like I was already flexible. I love dancing. I was kind of a slut in high school. So yes. you know it all just <laughs> came pole was my perfect outlet. Um yeah, I don't know what else. <laughs> my parents are both artists and uh, well my sister as well. Like my family are all very artistic and I I feel like them being very supportive and very artistic has also had a big impact on why I am the way I am. <laughs>
1: oh, yes. I love that. Um, okay. So you wrote, cause we're going to go back to that slut comment you wrote um, on your Instagram bio. It said, remember to release your inner, su- inner slut daily. I freaking <laughs> love that. Tell us what that means to you or what it means to it, what it's supposed to mean.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's funny that you asked that because I feel like I like made up that hashtag years ago and I used to hashtag it on everything I posted because I was like so I felt so strongly about it. And now I feel like I don't even really I don't even use the hashtag anymore just because I, I forget about it. It's just become so part of me. You know what I mean? But it was like almost like a reminder to myself to like do it, do what I want to do for me and not not like, try to, I guess, like, censor myself at all because I think a lot of the time I did censor myself and, like, I censored what I would post online, like, what kind of dance moves I would do in videos that I would post and posting videos in heels and stuff, like, I wanted to be respected and I somehow thought that, like, acting slutty would make me less respected and maybe to some people it does, but I realized at a certain point that I didn't give a fuck, so, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I guess that's what that means to me is I'm just like, just re- remember that like, it really doesn't matter. And like, if you want to act like a slut, you should do it. Oh
1: my God. The titles for this episode in my head already. <laughs> I'm loving it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's talk about covid and how you survived through it because when the going gets tough you got a fire underneath your ass because you weren't getting government benefits at first so you had to prove yeah tell us about this before i yeah. this. um well i mean it's
0: it, i was getting the i was getting the money for the first year and then for some reason and it was it's like a funny thing because i wasn't able to continue getting the benefits because i just like didn't I didn't make enough money initially and like it was it was a whole fucked up thing but uh I did have to just find a way to make money and like the club was obviously closed and the studio I had been working at I decided to stop working at for other reasons to other than COVID um so I just had to you know figured that out and I immediately as soon as I could have people over to my house started teaching privates from my living room and like I moved in June 2020 so I would have a bigger space and stuff and that was just that changed everything for me because I feel like I always thought that I needed a studio Mm. to continue as an instructor and like make a career as an instructor and i would have to work at someone else's studio until i could potentially like have my own big studio but um covid really opened my eyes to the fact that a lot of people want to learn one-on-one way more than i realized and also i wanted to make pole more accessible you know because it's really hard to get private lessons in pole uh and now that i mean i lowered my rates because I don't have to pay rent to a studio, you know what I mean? So I charge a little bit less and I'm able to teach people privates and fill my schedule with privates. Um, that way now the club's back open again. So I'm starting again next week, but yeah, I just feel like I was able to, I, the fi- there was a fire lit under my ass because I didn't want to have to declare that I was a stripper in my taxes because I <laughs> already only am a, <laughs> Like, I, I, I'm a performer, you know what I mean? Anyway, it was complicated. And I just wanted to find a way to continue doing what I love without having um, to have a studio owner do, like, controlling how I do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess. I don't know if that's answering your question.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to have complete autonomy over everything you do. And that's, I think that's really yeah. important to have. That's yeah. awesome. <clears throat> you're just as busy as myself you have like your foot dipped in everything how do you manage to do so many things at once like the charity work you're doing the the stripping when the clubs are open the traveling like all that stuff
0: oh, thank you <laughs> uh, I mean I, I uh It's definitely like, sometimes I get really overwhelmed, but to be honest, I keep my, I make my own schedule and I know how much alone time and free time I need to stay sane. (laughs) And I, I definitely schedule myself off time, like almost every day. I have a few hours where I'm just laying around smoking weed and watching TV. Like I don't, I don't pack my schedule full every single day. Like I know some people who do that and I I would burn out so quickly. Like I work at the club three. Well, when the club is open, I work at the club three nights a week. Um, and I teach about like 10 to 15 hours of privates per week. If I'm lucky. And usually that's around how, how many I've been getting. And then if I go away for the weekend to teach workshops and stuff, I just don't work at the club that weekend. But, um, yeah, the thing I think is hardest to stay on top of is actually the training. Like, Because you feel that that's part of your job, like, taking care of yourself, you know? So, like, I'm on top of, like, getting ready and getting to work on time, making my lessons lesson plans or doing the programming for workshops and like contacting studios, all that stuff seems like it's obvious work to me, but I have to remind myself, like like today, this morning, I like didn't do my stretching. I told myself I was going to stretch for an hour and a half before this, and I didn't do it. You know, like that's the hardest part. The hardest part is to stay on top of your own shit. So I'm still working on that. The rest of it, I'm going to be, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Work on
1: that so bad. I started, I got these little pointed toe things to like, you stick your foot in, and it makes your foot point, so you can get that yeah. again. I started it four days in a row. I'm supposed to do it for thirty days, and I have done it. Done it. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> those
0: things. I always wonder restart. what that feels like. <laughs> I'm gonna restart all over again.
1: <laughs> um, let's talk about your charity work. You've, your humanitarianism—actually, yeah. the word humanitarian. Um, <laughs> it inspired me a lot. And I love that you give back. Um, you. Yeah. Why, um, why do you have such a close connection to giving back and talk about the organizations you work for and stuff?
0: Um, well, I feel like to be, to be honest, uh, my sister is my sister's disabled and she has just taught me so much about like equality I guess and I don't know she's just made me so much more aware of all the fucked up shit that's going on in the world and I mean through everything that's been happening with COVID I did have a lot of extra free time on my hands because I wasn't at the club those 25 hours per week that I usually am Mm -hmm. so I was like how can I spend this time and like help out people who are not able to i don't know help themselves in those situations and like like i said my parents are both artists and you know it's it's something that's kind of i've always kind of been aware of that like you if you're an artist and there's a way that you can donate your art and your time that you should try to do that because like that's all i have to give you know i'm not a lawyer i can't donate like my my hours in that way, but I can donate my time to people who want it and take what they would have paid me and donate that where I think it should go, you know? So I've done a few, like I did a, floorwork floor work fundraiser, um, to raise money for Shea Stella, which is sex uh, organization from Montreal that is for sex workers by sex workers. And, um, yeah, I, I was able to raise almost $1,170 $1, in the course of like a month, which is way more than I expected, just from like gathering donations from people and then and teaching a one hour class. So I was like, obviously, I, I wouldn't have been paid that much for the one hour because people donate more generously knowing it's for charity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I but I thought I would be able to get like 200 bucks, you know, like the amount I usually make in an hour if a few people sign up for a workshop or whatever, But um, it was, like, shocking how many people were just donating huge amounts and really want to, like, also want to help. But people want to get something out of helping in a weird way. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. I was able to just spend an hour with these, like, 50 people doing this, like, pretty basic choreography, and together we raised that much money. And it just feels so good. Like, that sounds so cheesy, but it felt like it was such a cool vibe, you know? Doing that yeah. class, so we were literally just rolling around on the floor, like touching ourselves and spanking our butts. And we raised $1,200. Like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> like butt, releasing our slut and making tons of money for this organization. So that felt cool. Also, because it's obviously a sex workers organization. So um, I was able to keep teaching during the pandemic and make some money, but a lot of people were not in that situation. So I wanted to help them out as much as I could.
1: That's amazing. Good for you. Thanks. Uh, uh, Gender bias continues to create huge barriers for women. Um, You've always been a sex worker advocate, and as I as I mentioned earlier, um, tell us about the UQAM or UQAM University versus Helen Boudreau situation.
0: Oh, um, well, that was like a weird kind of thing that um, she posted she is she's a student of ucam the uh, university here in montreal and she is also also has an only fans i don't know what else she does in terms of sex work but she has an only fans and she i guess posted a photo on her only fans of her in front of like wearing the or, like with her diploma and her hat and her boobs out And she also posted a picture of her, like, mooning the camera in front of, like, a UCAM logo and then ended up making money off of those on her OnlyFans. And then the school found out about it and they were, I can't remember the full story right now, to be honest, but, like, pretty much she was just being degraded and like made to look like she was embarrassing the school when really she was like using that money to pay for school and they aren't embarrassed about this school this girl who's doing really well in all her classes before why are they embarrassed now that she's representing the school when they find out that's how she's making her money like they were really she was a good student you know so I just felt really strongly about it and I felt like more people needed to know about it and I felt like if you have a platform, use it. Right. So I was like, I don't know. I just got so worked up about it. And I was just like, what can I do? Spread awareness. So I made a yeah. picture saying like I support sex workers at you can, and posted it. And it got a lot more um, like people were sharing it all over just because in our industry, people care about that shit. But in Montreal, not a lot of people were talking about it, I felt. So I was like, this is in our city that this is happening, you know, so. I just wanted to get people talking about it. Yeah,
1: yeah, they were trying to sue her for 125k. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: that, I didn't want to. I didn't want to misspeak, but yeah, they were. They, and like, not the, she had already graduated. It's so fucked up. Like, and that's and like me. more than like the tuition's worth too. Yeah. Like, what? In the end, it didn't work out. It all got fucked. Like, she won. Yeah. I think I yeah. remember. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's really good. Oh my god. Um. I want to congratulate you on being the top 10 women to watch in Montreal. That was nominated no. you in 2021. How yeah. does that make you feel and what new doors have opened for you because of it? That was so crazy. I like
0: literally have goosebumps right now. Dude, like to be on that list, I was like, holy fucking shit. Um, but I, to be honest, I didn't even know I was nominated for that. I didn't. And someone then someone who I know like saw it and sent it to me and she was like I nominated you for this but like who knew anything would come of it you know and I was like oh my god that's so cool like someone who I used to teach at the studio I used to work at and yeah I like I don't know it was definitely shocking to end up on that list but at the same time I must say I kind of felt like they were trying to put their token sex worker on that list. <laughs> 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 you know, like, you know, like, who is someone from Montreal? It's a woman who... Is like a little bit alternative, you know, like I felt like the list was very sprinkled with diversity and I was like, <laughs> you know, people are always trying to do the right thing. Right. So I'm very, let, them, let them do the right thing and take the win. <laughs> yeah. I'm a flattered. I won't, I'll say that.
1: <laughs> Sprinkle of diversity. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. You posted a while ago. I'm not sure if it was last year or if it was a few months ago, but I definitely remember this post because it made me so proud of you. Um, It was about learning to love the skin you're in and your body. How do you ignore those trolls that are body shaming you or judging you for how you look? How does that make you feel?
0: Um, I feel like it's interesting because it's, it was actually almost the opposite for me where when I would like because my my weight fluctuates a lot and it always has since I was a teen I'll fluctuate within 10 pounds based on where I am in my cycle and how I've been eating and I smoke a lot of weed and I drink alcohol so that changes based on how much you're partying one month you know what I mean like yeah. my weight has been fluctuating like this for years and I've learned to accept it and I love my body because of what it can do <laughs> but I would I felt like whenever my weight would fluctuate downward I would get like an influx of, of messages from followers congratulating me on my weight loss. And it felt so weird because I was like, I'm not trying to lose weight. And I don't feel like people should be looking at what I'm posting and thinking it's better or worse based on if I have like, literally five or six extra pounds on me. Like, My it's not like I'm gaining and losing 30 pounds. It's like a very small amount. And I would get like girls being like, wow, you look so great in this outfit. And I and like you look so lean right now and things like that. And I was just like, it makes me feel so uncomfortable. Like, why is that what you're paying attention to? I'm like posting fucking hard ass tricks that I work hours to get, and you're like, wow, your abs look good. Abs, honey. And I'm like, oh my God, why is that what matters? Like I also just feel like people are often shocked that I'm strong because I've got a little bit of meat on my bones. And I'm like, the lean and strength don't necessarily go together. Like people have a weird understanding of strength because it goes in with this idea of fitness and that you need to be lean to be strong. But that's not true. Like, I'm strong because I eat a shit ton and I train a lot <laughs> like, <laughs> means, like I feed my muscles and I think that that is part of it so I don't know I I have learned to love myself for what I can do and it for sure it's hard and you have good days and bad days yeah. especially working as a stripper and seeing naked people all the time but um <laughs> I've learned to, yeah to just kind of ignore it because, well, actually, since I made that post, like, no one says anything, because it was only a few people, you know what I mean, the few people who almost, like, it was worse, because it was, like, people who are friends, Mm. they think they're saying something nice, and I think I just kind of made it clear to everyone in my circle that, like, those aren't compliments to me, like, tell me I'm good at what I'm doing, (laughs) like, (laughs) tell me my outfit's cool, sure, but don't tell me, like, oh, I look so lean in my outfit, or whatever, like, I don't know. It's the choice of words, right? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, So then how do you not let your body define who you are, especially because we do see a lot of naked women and we're constantly yeah. comparing ourselves. I mean, television, movies, all that jazz.
0: I mean, I think that I still do for sure. And like everyone, I struggle with body image, but I've, I think I've just been, I've been lucky to have a lot of people believe in me and keep supporting me. And, and through that, I've just been able to realize that it's not that important. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to be super skinny to be a pole instructor. I don't have to be super skinny to be a stripper. Like these are things that I think people do think mm-hmm. and, And I'm not saying I'm like, like people are going to be like, oh my God, you're, but you're skinny. Like, (laughs) I'm like, Hey, I'm not trying to say that I think I'm fat or anything like that. But I think we all see the girls who are like super, super lean. And we're like, oh, it looks easy for her. You know what I mean? And I kind of just, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of over that. (laughs) I don't really know how to, I forget what your question was exactly. (laughs) Um, Just
1: um, like, how do you not let people or your body define who you
0: are? Yeah, I guess I try to really just remember that what you do defines who you are. You That's know what I mean? True. Yes. That's like, I couldn't, when I was dieting like crazy, I couldn't do a de- a deadlift. You know what I mean? And I, it's because I was hungry all the time. I wasn't able to. <laughs> it, you know? like, yeah. So, I don't know. You just have to look at it, like, differently. People have a fucked up view of body image, but I'm trying to just see it as, yeah, like, now I'm stronger, so I'm happier.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, there's this saying that Am said, "Isla, uh, why do women hate sluts?" <laughs> and then th- I also wanted to mention, like, why are women so cruel to other women and so judgy? Like, what is it about?
0: Uh, I mean, totally, that it has to be a thing. And that's a- totally true in the sense that, like, even working at the strip club, when I'm feeling self-conscious about my body, it's not because of the men in the room. It's the other dancers that I'm like nervous. They're looking at me and judging me. Like. The men, I know they don't give a fuck. They're just like nudity, boobs, ass. <laughs> what do <they> mean? <laughs> I just feel like when I feel myself being self-conscious at work, it's because I see a girl who has like the body I wish I had. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I feel uncomfortable. But I'm like, that's so stupid. Like, I know none of these girls are looking at each other and being like... <laughs> look at her, you know, like we don't, we're not thinking that in our heads, but we, that's what we assume the others are thinking. It's just fucked
1: up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh jeez. Um, so yeah, we were talking about your experience with Snoop Dogg and I mentioned that you were a music video vixen.
0: How many artists have you worked for? Oh my God. Uh, I think like three or four, there was one music video I did for a few Quebecois rappers and, um, there was multiple guys in the music video, so you could count that as, like, five or six. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, I've done, like, two two music videos where I did pull. Um, one called dollars Canad- Canadiens, which means Canadian dollars, <laughs> uh, by Lost. And then um, the other one was called Gaillance. And I can't remember exactly, it was like by a group of people, but, um, both are on YouTube, but then I also did some random like video host stuff where I wasn't on the poll and I just like wore a white t-shirt and you could see my nipples, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um,
0: yeah. but yeah, so I think like, I think like three or four. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome.
1: Can you uh, <laughs> four? Um. <laughs> uh, contracts let's because we got into talking about that personally but without mentioning like details how important our contracts are to you and why do we need them (laughs) this is a lesson for
0: everyone that's listening right now (laughs) um i think yeah like the thing is is like in our industry like well in the pole fitness studios kind of industry um you know because we're kind of both part of both different industries that venn diagram each other (laughs) But um, yeah, in in this industry, I feel like there's a lot goes on trust. And when you set up, set up bookings with studios where you go to do workshops or like say you have a music video and you're supposed to get paid a certain amount, like depending on what you're doing, I feel like in the past I did just a lot of the time trust that the emails back and forth were kind of like a contract. Um, and then I've realized through being burned by, um, well, I mean, now it's been like two separate studio owners who've kind of done me dirty. <laughs> but we don't need to go into names, but like just weird things where like you think you're gonna get a certain amount and then you get there. And just because there's no signed contract that says that or says like if people cancel that you're still gonna get paid because you came all the way to a different city. Um, like, I just realized after getting fucked over that, like, oh yeah, I should probably have something that they sign and I sign and make sure. Because, like, up until now, I've worked with at least, I'd say, 15 different studios across Canada. And only one of them has been shady like that in terms of workshops. You know, like, I always just went by trust and email conversations, mm-hmm. exchanges. And that was always enough. And then this one time I had to end up, I ended up going back and like screenshotting 10 different exchanges we had and sent her an email with the screenshots and being like, on this date, I said this, and you replied this on this date. I said this, and you replied this. And in the end, she sent me my money because I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, I'm not going to let this go. Even if it's just a hundred dollars, like I am not going to let this fucking go. (laughs) And I think she realized that I wasn't going to let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Have a contract.
1: Yeah. Protect yourself. (laughs) Um, I haven't met your dad, but you talked so much about him when we hung out in Ottawa and he's very much uh, on your social media and it's super cute. He seems to be like your biggest cheerleader. So tell us about your relationship with him.
0: Um, yeah, my dad is really, really, really supportive considering like what I do and that he's my dad. You know, people are always like, what does your dad think? Which is funny. Cause like, what does your mom think? But <laughs> like my, uh, like both my parents have always been really supportive. And also my mom was a stripper in the eighties when my dad met her. So, <laughs> so he's always been like very sex positive and, uh, yeah. And just like, very open and doesn't really i guess he probably doesn't ask the questions uh that dads don't want to know the answers to obviously but he's totally supportive of the fact that i chose this route and this is what i like doing um i don't get to see my parents that often because they live in ontario but whenever i I go visit them i pretty much much always bring my stage pole so i can practice while i'm there my dad likes to jump jump on it and swing around on it which is probably what you're referring to because People on my Instagram love seeing my dad. He's 78 now. So watching him on the pool is definitely very entertaining. I'm always a little nervous for his safety, but he doesn't (laughs) feel too long. (laughs) But yeah, my, both my parents and my sister all super, super supportive. So I'm very lucky for that.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Oh yeah. He's super, super cute. (laughs) Uh, Let's go circle back to stripping and that career of yours. Um, Like, how did you get into it? Um, What made you start? And what's stripping in Montreal like?
0: Um, Well, I actually started stripping when I was backpacking in Australia. I think I had always kind of wanted to be a stripper. But like I said earlier, I thought you had to be a specific kind of like body type to be a stripper. And I was never that confident. Um, but when I went on this trip to Australia, I had been already doing pole for like three, four years and I was staying in this hostel and there was a girl in the same room as me who had started stripping while she was backpacking. And she was working at the strip club across the street from our hostel. And she had no pole experience at all. And she was like just 22 and just was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. And I was kind of like, oh my God, like now's my chance. You know, like I'm in another country. I don't know anyone. Uh, And I was with, I was traveling with a boyfriend at the time and ended up breaking up with him because he really didn't want me to be a stripper. And I was like, well, this is my life (laughs) Broke up with him on the other side of the world, which now when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, ballsy 24 year old. Like (laughs) 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 I broke up with him, started stripping at this uh, strip club across the street from my hostel, which was the sketchiest strip club now that I've worked at a few. And I know to like compare, like, so much weird shit was going on and I definitely didn't have good boundaries and I was getting wasted all the time and it was not a good situation. Also because when you're backpacking, free booze is like, you don't say no to free booze. So when you're a stripper <laughs> and you're backpacking, you're getting drunk every night. <laughs> there were other people who were more responsible than me, but I didn't know how to go no to alcohol at that point yet. So Um, yeah, it was like, definitely not a healthy lifestyle when I was stripping in Australia. And then I came back to Montreal in 2018 and I decided I wanted to go back to to stripping, but I was so nervous because in Australia, you don't have to take off your panties, but in Montreal, you have to get fully nude. And to me, that was like this extra level of like, I, oh my God, you know what I mean? Which is funny. Cause the, I remember on my first night doing it, I was like, oh, it's like literally the exact same thing. Like it's just underwear. Like they have seen my <laughs> boobs but, and I wasn't, I wasn't scared at all once I did it, which is funny. Cause I put so much weight on that one little part of the job. Mm. Um, but yeah, then I, after being back for a little while, I started working at kingdom in Montreal Um, and then I I was only there for like four or five months before COVID, you know? So I still feel like I've been stripping on and off for like four years, but I still kind of feel like a baby stripper because I don't (laughs) like all of it's been so chopped up because of COVID and traveling. So yeah, like I love the club I work at right now. I'm excited to go back next week after the second COVID break that I've had to take, um, but yeah, working in Montreal is like I said different because you have to get fully nude. I don't know what it's like every. It's probably different in every province in Canada a little bit, or every, every club even. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty. I think different than working in like out west or yeah. I I think it is because we don't have to have a license to work so anyone as soon as you're 18 you can get a job stripping (laughs) Um, pretty weird (laughs) that's life, right yeah and like we pay a house fee and then you know the house fee gets bigger depending on what time you start and Mm -hmm. we have to stay till 3 a.m and it is full contact so there used to be one club in montreal that was not full contact um, but that club has since become full contact as well, probably because they weren't able to keep clients, you know, because of the, the difference between contact and no contact. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that is like, I, I, contact doesn't bother me. I, I, in Australia, it was the kind of thing where it was, no contact I'm doing air quotations if people can't see me <laughs> no, no contact but that just meant it was between you and your client how much extra you charge for contact <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, so yeah it wasn't like no one was gonna stop you so I still always allowed contact I just charged extra for it in Australia whereas in Montreal I didn't have to give a percentage of what I like the rules are different you don't it's not by percentage you just pay your house fee and then everything you make is yours so contact is included but like everywhere you can you can tell people like what they can and can't touch hey. and and if you don't want someone to touch you you just don't want don't approach that client you know it's not like i'm forced uh to let any old person touch me but it's <laughs> always always my choice in the end um but yeah that i think is the main difference with montreal cuz i know a lot of places in canada and The states are no contact at all, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very different in um, Alberta and
1: BC where fuck actually even in nova scotia way back in the day we had to stand on like an actual platform stage it was like a it was a stage dance pretty much i'm like well oh, this is different i mean like they just saw me on stage but I go back <laughs> to my room and i go back on stage again i'm like okay whatever but yeah different from province to province and yeah i pretty much yeah. worked everywhere so i i totally hear what, exactly what you're saying um yeah. i find too um ontario And maybe keep back. I don't think it all started with contact. I like. I remember it used to just not be no contact period, and then um, the rules changed. Do you think that had something to do with like management, like men owning bars and running the clubs?
0: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really. I guess I don't have much of an opinion on that, considering how I haven't been in the game for very long. So I don't know what to compare it to. You know. Yeah. Um, But. I feel like, I don't know, I always have clients come, like, not always, but, I mean, you hear often clients who've come from other provinces and even from the states to Montreal specifically because they hear Montreal strip clubs are, like, fucking wild, Yeah. Um, and you're allowed to do, like, whatever you want, which maybe is true, I don't know, there is, like, a kind of joke that Quebecois girls are, like, sluttier, I don't know, maybe that's why I ended up like this, (laughs) (laughs) but, um... I don't know. There people say that like, yeah, we came here because it's full contact and the girls here are like way hotter and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I guess it Montreal has a good reputation in that sense. But um <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if I think it's the kind of thing where because it has that reputation, people feel more lenient about breaking rules, you know what I mean? And like for sure there are girls who get clients' numbers and meet them after after work, like that happens everywhere. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it's like particularly crazy in Montreal, but I think that over time, it's just like, we've all gotten used to the no contact. So then people probably, you know, once there's a rule, you go a little bit past that rule. <laughs> so <laughs> That's so like I can no push that back. <laughs> like if it's no contact at all, then the little bit of contact you're allowing is like enticing enough that, that that's extra enough. Whereas once it's full contact, I feel like people need people feel like they need to do a little bit of extra things here and there. You know, like you're like rubbing behind their ear and things like that that are like probably if you were just doing a dance a meter away from them, you wouldn't be doing those things. So I feel like people just slowly just kind of let their boundaries change and it's a, it's like a vibe, like it's a. What am I trying to say? Like a hood mentality. No, <laughs> like <laughs> <a> hood mentality. <laughs> I was like, that's not the word I'm thinking of. Um, but like, I feel like we all together, all the girls are kind of just like more comfortable with more because we're so used to seeing it all the time. You know, like I feel like if I went to another club and I wasn't allowed to allow, wasn't allowed to allow contact I would feel like stifled and like not know how to do a private dance anymore because I'm just so used to it accurate
1: accurate
0: I think yeah people just get used to it (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh man so you mentioned that you are also a pole instructor and you're in all various competitions pole theater coming up very excited for you um you've got quite the hardware collection for yourself so what inspired you to get into pole fitness and start doing these competitions
0: um, well, like I, I came from a, from a pole fitness background, like before stripping, right? Like I'd been doing pole for a few years before I ever started stripping. So to me, competitions were the kind of the goal. I never really actually imagined I would become a stripper cause I wasn't confident enough. I thought, um, so to me, the goal was to just do pole and then, oh, well, I started just for fun. And then I, once I really liked it, I just wanted to win competitions and be able to say I was good at it you know I'd never really been that good at something like that before where people recognized it so yeah I feel like I started at a studio and the studio owner at the time the studio was called Alternative Fitness and her name was Myko Star or Alex Star and she had already been competing for a few years she was a former stripper and she really just like she really saw potential in me, I guess, and encouraged me to compete. And she I remember my first, like, month of pole, she was like, you're going to be a pole champion. And I can remember that so clearly and being like, this is my calling. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I took her really fucking seriously. And I, like, stopped doing a lot of other things so that I'd have more time for pole. And I put a lot of eggs in one basket. And, uh, yeah, I just knew. I don't know why. I was just like, I'm good at this, so I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> you, are. you are. good at it. Like, shit. <laughs> It's like when you realize that you're good at something and people are congratulating for you, congratulating you for it, there's no high like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like you get that. Like there's just something oh, about yeah. people like, watching you and being like, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a good feeling.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Um, Rick, I could talk to you pretty much all day because catching up with you is like no time has passed and yeah. laugh a lot drink together it's fun it's i can't fun. Wait to see why the wedding Thank congratulations you. I Thank you. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: it's time for some rapid fire q and a let's begin the four for one so tell us your most embarrassing moment
0: oh uh Oh, I immediately thought of, like, pooping my pants, but that's not actually that embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but it happened. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's embarrassing. That's, that's so that. funny. <laughs> 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 I really, I have, oh, fuck, I wish I could think of something good right now, but I don't, <laughs> I don't get that embarrassed, so it's a hard one to answer. I think I have <laughs> I think of something I'll tell you. um when have you felt the most proud um I think that like one of the big moments when I felt well I think after the Snoop Dogg gig and like all of that like that there was such a high for those few months when I was doing those gigs and kind of just realizing that like this is possible like I actually can do this career this can be a job Mm -hmm. and like that was really cool but I feel like also just um, the very first pole competition I won a medal at, which was my amateur competition in 2015, I won, I was the underdog in the sense that I wasn't actually accepted into the competition, but someone dropped out a few days before and I had already prepared a piece for some other competition. And then I got like put in, in the last minute and then I won first place. And that was just such a fucking cool moment. Cause I didn't like... I was not supposed to be in that competition i didn't make the cut so i really thought i wasn't gonna do well well at all sorry <laughs> but um and then i yeah that was just so cool that was a uh, definitely like a moment where i was like again like this is what i want to do you know mm-hmm. yeah. what was the last lie you told oh my god so weird i was teaching workshops yesterday At um Full Fitness Academy in Ottawa, and I was talking to the owner Kat Kat Zade about her hair being curly. And I was like, Your hair is so beautiful and curly. I wish mine was still like that, but I used to like I bleached it so much that now the curls don't like last anymore. Which is like only I was thinking about it in the shower today. I was like, What a weird thing to say. Like you stopped bleaching your hair like years ago. (laughs) Like (laughs) things to fill up this space because you're socially awkward like, oh, that's not even fucking true like my hair is wavy and it's not not curly because of bleach that's just the way my hair is but i'm awkward and i said it <laughs> it's not even a good lie like what the fuck sestia <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> <wow. laughs>
1: If if you could only have three things on your life bucket list, what would they be?
0: Oh shit. Um, hmm. To be in a TV show or a movie, um, a reoccurring role would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> um. To. Skydive, I think that's on my list just because it's like one of those things I think I won't actually do because I'm scared, but it would be cool. <laughs> I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> it's not everyone's no, maybe that's not true. I feel like it's one of those things that's on everyone's list. And have kids. I definitely want to have kids at some point. Oh, cute yeah. yeah. Amazing.
1: Do you have any last words, final thoughts you want to give our audience and viewers out there?
0: Um Remember to release your inner slut today. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's perfect.
1: Um, why don't you uh, tell us your handles, Instagram, uh, Twitter, if you got any website, all yeah. that jazz? Um,
0: my website is just saskiaclunder.com, spelled the way my name is spelled S A S K I A K L U N D E R. That's also my Instagram, Saskia Clunder, um, and my TikTok, but I don't really use that. And I don't really have any other things where you can find me. You can find me on YouTube. I made a few YouTube videos a year ago when I had nothing to do. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> amazing. All
1: right. Well, that is all the time I have today with amazing Saskia Clender. Can we see you again in July? Um, for those of you who are listening and you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to yesestripperpodcast.com and find those donation buttons and send us your money because it will go a long way helping guests, um, paying hosts as well, and all that jazz because of the COVID experience and people and sex workers not being able to work that money will go a long way helping us out. All right. All right. So we'll see you next time. And thank you for joining us.
0: Bye everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. This episode has been a production with Period Podcast Network. Find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram too at Yes, A Stripper Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Yes, A Stripper Pod. Please like, subscribe, and rate Yes, It's Tripper Podcast here on YouTube. See you next week.
1: And that's on period. Network.